MMA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. WinBet Casino is now offering a 100% deposit match up to $1,000 for new users. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com and start winning today. We're also brought to you by PropSwap, America's marketplace to buy and sell sports bets. Use promo code SGP on your first deposit to receive up to $500 in bonus cash. Head on over to PropSwap.com or download the PropSwap app today. And we're also brought to you by Stable Duel. Stable Duel is a horse racing daily fantasy sports app where you can play free and paid games for real cash prizes. You can win as much as $25,000 with just one entry. Head on over to StableDuel.com to get started today. And finally, don't forget to download the SGPN app. It's your home for all of our free picks and podcasts. Download the SGPN app wherever it is you download apps. Howdy-ho, DeGenerinos, and welcome to the MMA Gambling Podcast and Sports Gambling Podcast Network. Yes, your favorite podcast is back up in your ear holes. I'm assuming that's where you consume our podcast is in your ear holes. If you consume it elsewhere, then hey, that's that's your business. Whatever you do in the in the privacy of your own home, that's cool. Um, this would be, for some of you, the 129th time you've had us up in your ear holes or whatever hole you stick us up into. So thank you uh, for those of you crazy the gens out there who have listened to all 20, 129 episodes this um we have to do dedications of course i'm going to de- dedicate this one to all the all the mma promotions that are actually running events this, this week um to, so we actually have something to talk about this episode because yes we have come to another one of our no ufc no problem episodes um we've got a good one for you all right my co-host has picked out fights on four different fight cards uh, over spread over two two days this weekend for you degens to bet on. So um, hopefully Superfan Jong and the rest of you degens in the SGPN Slack and the rest of you listening to us, like I said, in whatever crevice you choose to listen to us in. Um, hopefully this will whet your appetite until the UFC is back again next week. So who am I? I haven't introduced myself yet. I'm Jeff Doomsday Fox, uh, the host, one of the hosts of this year podcast. Um, let's bring in my other my other half, my my um, life partner in this MMA journey, um, you may know him as Gumby, or I'm assuming his mom probably calls him Dan or Daniel. Maybe she calls him Gumby. We'll have to ask. It's Daniel Gumby Reland. Hello. You want to know the weird thing? None of my like family and friends growing up call me Gumby, Daniel, or Dan. None of the above. Danny. Yeah, Danny. Danny? Yeah, a lot of my. Uh, a lot of my my early childhood friends slash high school friends and my family all call me Danny, which is uh, uh, it's always a little bit weird to people who I like know professionally when they find that out uh, because it does not sound like what you would call a grown man. Yeah, do you get um, mad and say, yeah, oh, do you also, get mad and stomp your feet and say, I'm grown now. I don't get I'm a big boy. No, I. I actually don't mind it. Yeah, like I, it's it, it would almost sound weird if somebody from my family called me Daniel. Like I, I don't think. I think I have like one person who I know at my work who calls me Daniel, and then obviously like I use it in, you know, the circles I podcast and write in because it sounds more professional than Danny Vreeland. Danny Vreeland does not sound like a guy who you're listening to for advice at any point in time. Fighters are questioning whether or not they're taking an interview with a 12 year old, uh, but I don't mind it so much from the family and friends. It's nice to have like uh, like different monikers I go. Bye. Yeah, and then in jujitsu circles, they don't even know my name is Dan. Like, no, the, most of the guys I train with don't know my name. 
<laughs> they just know you as creepy old guy? No, uh, yeah, that too. Uh, no, but uh, <laughs> most of them. Uh, you are the old guy, right? Um, there's one. There's an older black belt I train with too. He's a big dude. He's like, uh, like five eleven, two fifty. Uh, but he's yeah. like five years older than me too. Um, so he's okay. no. He's the elder statesman that's not uh, owning or running the gym. And then there's, yeah, I think I'm second or third probably in uh, seniority in that way. Um, but, yeah, no, they just know Gumby. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I um, – That my name is Dan, so. Dan, no, your name's Danny. We just we – just, uh, Or Danny. Establish your name's Danny, yes. <laughs> I, I think like in grade five or six, I decided I was going to be Jeffrey for a bit, but that didn't last, so um, – I guess I wanted to be a grown up at that point, but now I don't. So I'm just Doomsday Fox again now. So I think I've been Doomsday before, haven't I? I think I used that I one think, before. I think so, and it's funny too because uh, we got Doomsday uh, fighting on one of these cards. Well, where do you think I got it from, Dan? Come well, on. I didn't know if he you just, just come out of it, it out of my brain. We actually we actually talked about him like two months ago. Um, yeah, when we talked that about might Eagle be why I took it. Yeah, that, that's probably why I stole the nickname of that point. Plus, these times we're living in Dan. It's a fitting nickname, right? <laughs> I, I was told on I was told on Twitter that um, one of our super fans, the lone reason he comes to the podcast is to hear us talk about Russian politics. So <laughs> we got to double down on that. I think this week I, and, and I can I can turn it up if you. No, I'm just kidding. I'm not gonna. <laughs> was it the soccer? Uh, shout out to the, the SGPN soccer show, right? Who was told that they weren't oh, yeah. they weren't enough pro Russia. <laughs> Yes, yeah, they, they got told off. And they, they got called racist, I think, because I, I don't know what exactly happened. There, they, yeah, yeah, I, I, I didn't listen to that particular episode, but being told that you're not pro-Russia enough is a, it's a take in 2022 I wasn't ready for. <laughs> yeah, it's good. It takes the heat off the rest of us. Uh, we can just fly under the radar with our with our dumb takes on whatever we have dumb takes on. So there's always things we can have takes on in MMA, but I don't really want to talk about any of this domestic violence and all this other nonsense that fighters are constantly getting into. So, um, you don't, don't want to talk, talk about Shale Sonnen saying that no. he doesn't remember beating up 10 people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Shale Sonnen, the, he already was a felon. Like, uh, I don't even want to get into it with that guy, how he's, he's constantly <laughs> every, every day in my, in my feed, even after this, he's like credited as like a reputable news source all the time from the sites that are constantly chill sun and says like you chill sun and lies nonstop. Yeah. <laughs> chill chill got arrested gimmick, for being chill a Sonnen's, liar and cheater. Yeah. His gimmick was that he was a good liar. Like, exactly. <laughs> and he was like mortgage fraud and all that stuff. And back in the day, like it's his whole thing is lying. I, so. I love, I love when they cite him and they're like, John Jones will be back by the end of the year. And I'm like, why would Shale Sonnen have information about John Jones? Exactly. So, yeah, I hate that. I hate all the MMA sites going for the clicks, which you will not see on my site, moneymma.substack.com. Um, Dana White reacts to Will Smith slapping Chris Rock. Yeah, that's a real new, that's, that's a new story, guys. Every site, even sites like the big sites are all like, so-and-so reacts to this. And so, like, it's not, you're just trying to, bandwagon jump onto something that's gonna be googled a lot but hey whatever they got bills to pay right i guess so yeah maybe i, I don't so. i don't know yeah <laughs> i don't know we, what's going on in their lives <laughs> yeah we're talking about it as as it is so who's to say um we're talking we're about trying them. to get those clicks we're trying to exactly get we're talking about them talking about it i'm gonna call this the slap that's what the episode is gonna be called and it's uh, everyone's gonna want to hear our takes on it which i don't have one um we did get one um 
question from a person on Slack, other than Superfan Jog. Um, I'm going to sort of knock that one out of here before we, we break down some fights for you. Uh, he was wondering, yeah, his name was Daniel. What a weird name, eh? I wonder if yeah. his family calls him Danny. We should, we're going to have to find that out. Uh, maybe he can get back to us and let us know. Um, wondering our our thoughts on mixed rule fights like the one Demetrius Johnson just had in one FC. It's something the one FC seems to like to do a lot. Um, my quick take is I really not interested in, in them at all. Like the second I hear like mixed rules, I'm like, oh, it's not. It's just not going to be a real fight. It's going to be an exhibition fight. So I kind of tune out and not pay attention to it. That's my maybe cynical take, but that's that's my take on it. I'll say this about it. So. On, in one perspective, I do like some aspects of it. In another one, I, I really do – you know, I'm in the same boat as you. I kind of hate it. I will say this. If it is between two fighters who kind of have exhausted all of who they're going to fight or maybe are, like, towards the end of their career – like, you know what? If, if Anderson Silva wanted to do that right now – with a boxer where he was going to box in one round and then he could use Muay Thai knees in the second round and then had to go back to boxing strictly in the third round. I, I'd be there because it's Anderson Silva. He's a legend. And at this point, like what else is Anderson Silva going to do? Might as well do something weird, right? Because um, if you tell me that Anderson Silva is booked in a straight MMA fight with anybody credible, I'm going to like roll my eyes and be like, dude, that guy should freaking retire at this point right um so like if you do something weird like that with a guy you know clearly on his way out just trying to have a little bit of fun I'm here for it the reason I didn't really love the Demetrius Mighty Mouse Johnson one is like I I still think he's probably the best flyweight in the world right like yeah he got caught with a weird grounded knee and knocked out last time but like that's a rule set that he didn't fight in for most of his career in the first place. And in the second place, like, it, it seems like he got caught. But that doesn't mean he's not still the greatest flyweight in the world. So I, we're, we're, I feel like we're kind of wasting time letting him, you know, if he held his own or if he didn't hold his own against, you know, Rod Tang. Like, it doesn't really matter what happened in that Muay Thai round. As long as he didn't get knocked out, he was always going to submit the, the Muay Thai fighter in the second round. So... I both want to see it be a little bit more competitive. Like I said, you know, if you gave Anderson Silva could use kicks and knees in the second and fourth, but not in the first and third, like that, that could be competitive with a boxer. Right. But like this, like we can take down a guy who only does Muay Thai. Like he, he's got no ground game to speak of and you're putting him in there with the best flyweight in the world. So yeah, like I, I like it as a concept, but in certain circumstances and certainly not this one. And there's got to be like a little bit more parody, I would say. Um, I don't want to see this with guys who could still be fighting really fun fight. Like, like Mighty Mouse could have a rematch. Mighty Mouse could fight John Lineker. Mighty Mouse could fight, like, th- there's lots of options. Mighty Mouse could freaking leave one, which would actually be pretty nice. Like, there, there's lots of different places he could go, and seeing him just do, like, weird exhibition fight kind of doesn't do anything for me. Yeah, or, like... I'm I'm down for that circus MMA stuff or the circus fight stuff <laughs> where it's like three on one and they have to use like uh, they have to dress up in those like big stuffed sumo suits and they can hit each other with pillows like that stuff's cool. But, you know, it, you either have a real fight or don't have a real fight is, is my my take on it. But I will I will say I I have never watched any of that fight. Circus. No, I haven't either. I think I think the here's the thing I've about clips. fight circus. clips are clips are all I need to see. Yeah. Like the occasional clip on Twitter and 
I, I think I enjoy the fight announcement as the best part where I'm like, oh, my God, they're going to put a couple of guys in a Volkswagen Beetle and let a box. Like, what does yeah. that even yeah. what does that even mean? Like, you know, like I, I think I enjoy that more than I think I would enjoy watching it because I, I wouldn't enjoy watching it. I don't think like um, but yeah, like I, I think that promotion <laughs> I feel like that promotion is going to fail because there's going to be too many people who do exactly what we do. And that's uh, watch the clips on Twitter and enjoy the fight yeah. announcement more than we would actually enjoy watching uh, people share a T-shirt. Yep. And Dan watches everything, too. So that's quite a uh, damning uh, statement on well, on that fight promotion because Dan watches well, everything. Well, not everything because I am going – I'm going to give another shout-out to Superfan Jong here today because – he yep. he requested that we talk about some some weekend MMA here, some some Friday Saturday MMA, and he suggested the PFL Challengers series. Which uh, at first I was like, the PFL Challengers series has been notoriously bad. Like it's been it's been really bad uh, in my opinion. Either just you know really poorly made matchups, uh, stuff that's really one sided. You know, I, I don't know if you know Billy Big Sexy Swanson, but he was like a regional fighter in Tennessee. What a name. Right? Yeah, he was a regional fighter in Tennessee who looks just like you should, while we're on the air and while I'm talking about how much I hate PFL Challenger Series, just Google Billy Big Sexy Swanson. And if you're listening at home, do it as well. Um, but like this weekend's, uh, this weekend's Challenger Series, every single fighter on the card is making their pro debut. None of them have had professional fights before. So, uh, yeah, like, I don't I don't think even I could watch or handicap uh, PFL Challenger Series this week with 10 fighters at 0-0 in their pro careers. Yeah, so that's, once again, damning, damning uh, indictment on PFL. So, sorry, Superfan John, but you're, you're getting picks anyhow. So, Dan's just... Um, did you, did you Dan, Google Dan's telling you... <laughs> No, I didn't. That's true. I should have. Uh, Kevin uh, Ash? No, I didn't Google him. No. I, I, I know, I'm going to send, like. send, send it to you. <laughs> All right. While Dan sends that to me, maybe I should tell you about a couple of our uh, our ad reads here, and then we can actually give you some betting picks, because that's the goal. Almost every episode, we want to give you some, some winning picks on this year, this year podcast. Let's tell you about WinBet. You can always win over there. Looking for Las Vegas-style casino fun in the palm of your hand? Look no further than WinBet, the premier online casino from the five-star Win Resorts properties. From classic table games to all the best slots, thrills, and jackpots, WinBet has everything you need for the ultimate casino experience. Sign up today and receive 100% first match up to 1000 bucks. WinBet win hour from 2 to 3 p.m. Pacific time. Better prices on select games. Anyone who has the WinBet app is alerted right on the hour. Bet 500 Dollars plus on college basketball Thursday to Sunday and be entered to win a two-night stay at Win Las Vegas. For example, if the patron wages $1,100 on men's college basketball tournament Thursday to Sunday, you are eligible to receive two entries into the prize draw. There's so much to choose from, and all you have to do is download the WinBet app or visit wynnbet.com to get started today. Here's the fun part. Offer some change terms and conditions at winbet.com. Must be 21 or older and present in the state where you play through winbet is available. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. And speaking of downloads and stuff, in SGPN, we have an app. You should download it. But also, we're giving away 1000 bucks. Final Four, $1,000 giveaway straight out of Daniel Gumby Vreeland's next paycheck. SGPN is at it again, this time giving away 1000 bucks of Gumby's money, like I said, in their Final Four contest. Respond to 10 questions, and whoever has the most correct wins $1,000. Simple as that. To enter, just go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash final four. 
That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash F-I-N-A-L-F-O-U-R. And I think this is the first, first Stan's heard that this is actually coming out of his pay. So hopefully it's cool with you. You're a generous guy, right? I uh, Somewhat generous, I maybe. Um, <laughs> also, you should check your email. <laughs> wow, I got an email. See, we're old-fashioned. We use emails. We don't, we're not, like, direct messaging people. It says Big Sexy, which usually I don't open those emails. It's, that'll get you some issues. But wow. <laughs> that guy's interesting looking dude yeah that this was property what is this what does this tattoo say it says property of saudi daisy which uh, to my understanding is the place where they used to fight in uh he used to fight for valor fighting championships when i used to work for a uh website that shall not be named uh i used to have to watch and like clip a bunch of their shows uh and it was live from saudi daisy which i, I don't know what saudi daisy is well. it sounds like a a uh, strip club or a skeezy bar, but yeah, he apparently fought enough there that he got a tattoo that says "Property of Saudi Daisy" on it. Wow, <laughs> he got branded, perhaps. Um, <laughs> does he really? Does he really need the Made in USA tattoo? I think it. I think when you look at him, it's pretty it obvious. Yeah. yeah, it does. This is, but this isn't a Billy Swanson podcast. All right. <laughs> it could. Actually, earlier today, I asked the bosses if we could do one, a spinoff one, so I uh, haven't heard back yet. Um, but in the meantime, we'll, we'll stick to stick to um, more mainstream MMA. Um, we're going to jump across the pond, as they call it. We're going to go to the home of the greatest band ever, Oasis, in Manchester, England, for Cage Warriors 135, Skabinski versus Berlinson. Um, Cage Warriors, they tend to do back-to-back events, and they're doing that again this weekend, so we've got a Friday and a Saturday event. Um, we'll start off with the Friday one. This is the first one, which will show up on your screens, whatever you you watch your your fight songs. This one is midnight on Friday, so basically Thursday night slash Friday morning, however however you want to think of it. Um, midnight Eastern time. Um, we got Kitchener's 135, like I said, Skrbinski versus Berlinson. It is coming from the BEC Arena in Manchester, England. We got 13 fights on the card. Dan has picked out. Three fights for us to do picks on. Um, now, there's no title fights or anything on this card. How did you decide which ones are worthy of, of our attention? So I, I went with the main event, the most notable name, and then one fight between, like, the highest ceiling-seeming prospects. Okay. Um, because, do you watch I, a lot of Cage Warriors? Uh, I I follow a lot of Cage Warriors, um, so so you know I I try to watch it when I can. But a lot of times they do these Friday cards, or um, sometimes their Saturday cards are like before UFC cards. And like if I'm invested in watching a UFC card, I, that's there's five hours of my day, so I really can't commit yeah. another four. So sometimes I I wind up just catching the results or looking for highlights or going back and watching a fight or two that somebody suggested. But I always follow the results and stuff because there's, uh, you know, it, it's the easiest way for a European prospect to wind in the UFC. It's where we've seen yeah. so many good guys out of. Um, and there may even be one or two that we talk about on this show that are going to come out of Cage Warriors and wind up in the UFC. Oh, really? Well, let's get right into it then because on paper it doesn't look like the strongest card to me. Like um, I the one the one I, the next night is actually better. Yeah, I think Justin Berlinson maybe the only name I actually jumped off the screen that I remember. Um, but yeah, let's let's dive into it. First one you want us to to um get into here. It's a 150 pound catchweight fight, I guess. Uh, Federico Pasquale versus Paul McBain. 
Um, two featherweights. Do you know why they're fighting at 150? Is there any reason for that? I haven't seen any yet. Um, I, okay. I don't know if it's, it's travel because Pasquale is coming from Italy. Italy sounds correct. Um, I believe he's coming from Italy. Oh, and I, yeah. yeah, I think that might be some of it, but I'm I'm not 100% sure. He does have an Italian flag beside his, his name on Tapology. So oh, look at that. Gentleman has a, a gentleman has a Scottish flag, I believe. Yes, he's McBain is very Scottish. Relatives are from the, McBain. <laughs> McBain from uh, that, that McBain is totally not Scottish. The one from Scotland no, he's is totally he's not. not. He's he's Austrian. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure he's Austrian. Yeah, he seems that way. All right, um, why are we break down this fight before I give you some uh, our listeners some info on it? You well, have McBain, find someone here. Well, McBain is seven and two, which is a pretty damn good record in the first place. He he he's had uh he's had a pretty long Cage Warriors career. Like most of his pro career has come that way. Um, he, he's beaten some pretty damn good guys in there. He's fought some really tough guys. Um, Pasquale's six and zero, which you don't see out of Italian prospects all that often, and uh, has fought a bunch of times for Venator, which I don't know uh, how much you know about Venator, but it is like the only Italian promotion that's super good. Although I guess I, I was told to check out Golden Cage next time as an event, which is also an Italian promotion. Um, but yeah, like I'll be honest uh, and, and bury the lead here. I, I'm kind of high on Paul McBain. I, I think oh, despite, my goodness. despite the fact he's one and two in his last three, he's also a six foot featherweight, um, which is there you go. fun and freaky as hell. <laughs> yep. All right. Then let me tell you some info on, on these here dudes and, um, and we can see why he's so big on McBain. Let's tell you about Pasquale first. He's undefeated, 6-0. Three knockouts, two submissions. This will be his Cage Warrior debut. He's got three straight finishes on his record. However, he hasn't fought in over a year. It was actually, I think, March 27th, I believe, when I saw it earlier today. Uh, he's five years younger than McBain, plus 200. McBain's nickname is The Locomotive, so, of course, Dan's got to go for him. Uh, he's 6-2, and two, three knockouts, one submission. He's, he's, both of his losses have come via submission. Uh, he's four and two in Cage Warriors. He won via TKO his last fight. However, he's only won one of his last three fights. Two inches taller than Pasquale, minus two sixty. So just on paper, it doesn't look like McBain is that great, Dan. So so tell us why you're so high on him. So so one of his losses is to Aiden Lee, which I, I think you can excuse that one. Lee is an absolute beast. Um, another guy who I think you'll see in the UFC someday. Um, but like I I really just like the. Tie, it, I don't want to call it just tie striking because it's it's got like a tie style to it, but he's he you know doesn't keep his hands quite as low and stuff like that. But he's got great leg kicks, great kicks to the body. Um, he he's got really nice combinations from like going from a punch to a kick. Um, sometimes even like same side stuff, like right right hand followed by a right kick to the body. Um, which I really just I, I just really have enjoyed his creative striking, and I think it lends itself well. To picking up knockouts, uh, and if he gets on a run like he did early in his career, I could totally see him in the UFC. He is a little bit older, which was a, a kind of a bummer for me when I was doing research on him because I, I thought he was way younger. Um, but it turns out he's in his younger 30s, uh, and I think he's still got time. He just needs to beat up a couple of guys like Federico Pasquale, who is a guy who's fought, you know, he has a 6-0 and record, but at the same time has fought extremely low-level competition. He tends to, like, slug it out with guys and get hit when he should really just, like, be able to back away and outclass them. Um, and when he does shoot a takedown, a lot of it is muscle. Um, and I think that that's going to bode really poorly against a guy like Paul McBain because as we see, you, you go for those big, high single legs. Somebody who's got long legs just kind of, like, outbalances you and makes you look stupid. So 
I think McVeigh is going to do that. He's going to pick apart Federico Pasquale um, and probably win here. There you go. Dan, I'm going to mark it down. I'm not making picks because I don't know any of these people. I'm marking Dan down. You know some of these uh, I'll, people. I'll tell we'll, Dan. We'll get to some people some you know. It's true. Actually, yeah, wait a minute. There is someone I know coming up. It's not just Burlington. The dentist is on this card. Um, we're going to do that one next, aren't we? Let's move on up to – where is the dentist on this card, Dan? He's farther down the card. Is he on this card? I don't I don't know what you're currently looking at. Did he get pulled <laughs> from at, this? Did he get pulled from this card since we did our? Oh my maybe. god! He's supposed to fight. It's supposed to be his Darren's, opponent. His opponent just tested positive for COVID like twenty minutes ago. Oh, uh, all right. Well, we're doing the nine fights. <laughs> we're supposed to book. That's why I can find him. Darren Stewart was supposed to fight some D'Souza fella. Some I got COVID. So all right, nine fights. That's fine. Um. Then we won't waste our time telling you about a fight that's not going to happen. All right, to the main he event. He was a negative um, 1,000 favorite. Is... He was a negative 1,000 yeah. favorite. <laughs> were you going to take – were you taking Derek? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was going to punch his head I in. take it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, well, there you go. Too bad for Darren Stewart. Um, all right, first of all, before I break it down, why is this the main event? Um, it would be – the fighting question would be Daniel Skibinski, Justin Berlinson. I would put it as the main event mostly because Justin Berlinson is a guy who I think Cage Warriors is high on. Um, This is like the time of your career in a Cage Warriors career where you get a main event. He's like, you know, 5-0, 6-1, right in that that range. Um, His only loss is to a a guy on Contender Series last year. Other than that, he was undefeated. He was seemingly running through Bellator and Bama, and he had a win in Cage Warriors. And now uh, he, he's going to get that Cage Warriors main event, which should either get him back in the UFC or another shot at Contender Series. And the way they do that is they book him against, like, a super veteran, a guy who's fought everywhere for a really long time and could possibly test him. Uh, and that's what you're getting here in Dable, David Daniel Skabinski. Super veteran. Um, so we got a welterweight fight. Um, Poland's Daniel Skabinski versus... Ireland's is is Ireland or is he England? He's England, isn't he? English Justin Berlinson. Yes, he's from England. My son would be on at me because he knows about every flag for every country. He'd be screaming, "That's English flag, obviously." Yes, Justin Berlinson. All right, let's break her down. Let's tell you about Skibinski. He's known. He goes by Skiba. He's eighteen and six, six knockouts, two submissions. He's been knocked out twice, submitted once. This is his Cage Warriors debut. He's gone 12 and 1 over his last 13 fights. Uh, he won via TKO. No, sorry, he got TKO at his last fight, which ended his 12 fight winning streak there. Um, plus 100, even money come back in him. So we got a tight main event. All right, he will be fighting Justin Burlinson, who you may remember from last season, right? Yes, last season. Yes, the last season of the Ultimate, or of the Contender Series. Yeah. Of the Ultimate Contender Series um, of Dana White. He's 6 and 1, two knockouts, four submissions, and he's been knocked out once. So he's never gone to the distance in his career. 1-0 in Cage Warriors, 0-1 in Contender Series where he got knocked out by Johan Lainessi, something like that, right? That, that's Lainessi? close enough. Yeah, yeah that's yes. close enough. <laughs> got knocked out by him. That was his last fight. Uh, he was 2-0 in Bellator as well, so he's a lot of high-level experience here. Seven years younger, two inches taller, two inches of reach, minus 130. Over to you. I'm actually going to take Skibinski in this one. It's part of why I wanted to talk about this one. Um, Yeah, like, I just think 
Burlington, coming off of his loss in the Contender Series, he's here and they booked him in a fight where he's supposed to be able to make a real big statement. Um, And I think he's the better striker here by quite a bit. But I think people sleep on just how good of a wrestler Skabinski is. Um, He's like quite a bit older, obviously, but he's like a, a Polish I don't know if he's a national team wrestler, but I've seen like highlights of him just on a wrestling mat. So like he clearly does some like pure wrestling and it's looked really good in MMA too. Like he, he does a really good job of getting in on doubles. He switches, he chains together. Well, um, like, yeah, his, some of his losses have just been being by being knocked out by really good dudes like Ishmael Nardiev. Uh, but at the same time, like he's out wrestled a lot of dudes and he's got good, Grounded pound when it hits the ground. I just think that's going to be bad for Berwinson. So, uh, yeah, like I, I kind of like the underdog play here. All right, there you go. Some even money for you coming back on Skabinski. So that is Cage Wars 135. Um, like I said, Friday slash Thursday, depend, depending on where you live. But um, Eastern, midnight Eastern time, uh, Friday morning slash Thursday night uh, for the East coast people um and is on ufc fight passes pretty much pretty much everything you don't really come across anything that's not uh ufc fight pass now so um all right now we're going to jump up to there's another friday event that you want to cover um speaking of east coast this one is ces 67 it's going down friday night 8 p.m eastern so you can um you can rest up after staying up all night to watch cage warriors you can rest up and Check out CES 67. So 8 p.m. Friday night um, is coming to us from the Connecticut Convention Center in Hartford, Connecticut. Uh, UFC Fight Pass once again. Uh, um, and this no, yeah, one fight in this card. Damn, wants to break down. It is for the middleweight CES middleweight championship of the world. Can we say of the world when it's an, a, a a promotion like CES, Dan? I think it's the CES of the world, so yeah. <laughs> sure, that's true. Okay. And they're, they're yep. starting to get more global, too. Uh, they're not just fighting in the Northeast this year. Rumor is there will be in Fargo, North Dakota soon. No way. So the <laughs> North Central, what is that, North Central? North. Ooh, ooh, North, I, North I, don't, I don't try to classify the Dakotas. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. South, it's we'll, South we'll Canada is so, where it is. It's South Canada. It's true. That, that's what it is. That is true. All right, so we got Billy Goff, who is – no, he's the welterweight champ right now, correct? Correct. And he's taking this fight on short notice. This fight was originally right. supposed to be uh, Justin Sumter versus Eric Spicely. UFC that Eric Spicely. Right. Yes. That's, yeah, so he's moving up in weight to fight for the middleweight title. So this is this a vacant title, I take it? Uh, yes, currently it's vacant. Okay. All right. Let's, let's break it down. Justin the Fort Sumter, eight and four, two knockouts, four submissions. He's been knocked out three times, submitted once, so he's been finishing all of his losses. He's four and one CES. He won his last fight via submission. However, that was his only win in his past three fights. Uh, he also went one and two in Bellator, zero oh and two on the Contender Series. Uh, he's four inches taller than Goff, six inches of reach on him, plus one thirty-five. All right, Goff, who's taking this on short notice, six and two, four knockouts. He's been knocked out once himself. He's one and zero in CES via knockout. That uh, that was last March, and that is what got him the welterweight title. He's won four straight fights. Uh, he also was the K Titans welterweight champion. He also was two and zero in Bellator. He's nine years younger than Sumter, minus one sixty-five. 
I'm I'm gonna go with Sumter in this one. Um, another underdog play that oh, I I kind of like in this one. Yeah, well, like it, it's weird to me, right? Billy Goff is the welterweight champion coming up in weight on short notice uh, to fight Sumter, who had been preparing for a fight anyway, and not for anything. Like, don't get me wrong, Billy Goff is on a better recent run, but he's a guy who has been like bodied up by guys who can grapple a little bit, which Sumter can. Like, Sumter's got some pretty good grappling skills. But, like, if if you take it back to some of his losses, one of his losses to Cameron Lachinov, which you might remember from The Ultimate Fighter, he was probably one of the worst guys on the middleweight season that Brian Battle won. Um, but he, like, just has, like, decent wrestling and, like, the will to move forward. And I think Sumter could probably win this fight on this alone. In addition to that, like, in that last fight for Billy Goff, he, like, got tagged a bunch by Gary Balotello Jr., and that's not a good sign when you're fighting somebody like Justin Sumter, who is going to be, you know, not not just bigger, but a substantially longer um, and with better submissions. So, yeah, I, I like Sumter in this one. I was very shocked that he was an underdog. He's making up names now, Gary Balotello, Balotello Jr. No, just... People love him. No one People love him in CES because his dad was a boxer for CES boxing back in the day. So they say Gary Volatello oh, yeah. Jr. out in these parts, or at least at Twin River Casino in Rhode Island, which is where they have most of their events. <laughs> and people go ballistic. He gets a huge crowd. All right. <laughs> so my my joke fell flat, unfortunately. Um, anything else on this card that that interests you, or any other fighters that interest you on this card? Yeah, there, there's actually a couple of really good fighters in here. I didn't put them down as fights to break down because I think they're just going to roll so easily. But one of them is Eddie George, uh, not the running back from the Tennessee Titans in the uh, early 2000s. But the guy it's is wrong. Yeah, it's spelled wrong. It's E-D-D-Y. But the guy has got four first-round finishes, looking very good in all of them. Granted, he hasn't fought very much competition. He also had a bunch of stoppages as a amateur. He's looked super good as a pro so far. They're giving him a guy. I think he's just going to roll over again. But, like, he'll be 5-0 and with a win here and probably in line for, like, some sort of big fight and some sort of big promotion coming up. I've also got my eye just sort of slightly on Pat Casey, who's a guy who I think – He's kind of achieved below his potential. He's 8-4, and four, but largely due to, like, a really ugly three-fight losing streak he had at one point, um, all in, like, very short order. But outside of that, he's beaten some, like, decent guys, and he's fought some good guys, too. So um, I'm interested to see how he looks. I think he's going to roll over the guy he's fighting. Um, and Mike Kimbrell is a name of a guy who uh, had a lot of hype behind him. He got signed to Bellator far too early fought dudes who are too good for him and now finds himself like trying to make good on the promises and they found him some scrub for him to beat the hell out of. So um, that should be fun too in a terrifying way. So um, CS is better at booking people in Bellator is what you're saying. Correct. Yes. They do a better, they (laughs) they do a better job of making sure that their hot prospects do not get squished by somebody random. Did you ever, this is such a good Bellator example of it. And I don't mean to go off on a tangent, but that's what we're good at. Um, Did you ever see when they had Hoist's son making his debut? Um, Hoist Gracie's son made his debut in Bellator, which also seemed a little sacrilegious. Um, but uh, immediately was kneed into oblivion by like this weird like six foot five bantamweight uh, who just 
it is mostly a grappler, doesn't even strike, which is why they wanted him in there with Gracie. Uh, and he just landed a knee on a takedown attempt and knocked him out cold. It was like the most Bellator thing to happen. Yes, sir. That's Bellator for you. So. All right. So that is anybody else on CS or is, is that good? Nah, that pretty much takes care of it. All right. Let me tell you about Stable Duel. There are never enough things to gamble on, and the one sport that runs 365 days a year is horse racing. best part is now there's a new way to play the ponies, especially if you're brand new to the sport. Check out Stable Duel, a daily fantasy-style app where you can play free and pay games for real cash prizes. Pick your horses, build your stable, and play against others to move up the leaderboard. Win as much as $25,000 with one entry. Don't know anything about horses? Not to worry. The app gives you clear data on which horses to select to build your best strategy. The app is free to download at StableDuel.com. Multiple games are offered each day with free games weekly at tracks all over the United States. Get in the app, create your account, and start building your stables today. Invite your friends to play against you or play against our stables. You can even follow them in the app, and we can compare our own stats. Download now at StableDuel.com and see how many winners you can pick in your stable. See you in the winner's circle. Play, race, win. We're also brought to you by PropSwap, where America buys and sells sports bets. The Final Four is set. And PropSwap is your place to cash in on the big dance. The last two weeks, PropSwappers have been making thousands of dollars by simply buying and selling college basketball teams. You can always find the best odds on PropSwap because you're buying directly from other bettors like yourself. Then after you make your purchase, you can either go for the win or resell your bet at any time to lock it in a profit. Like Patrick from New York, who sold a $1,000 35-to-1 Houston championship ticket for $6,000 on PropSwap before their Elite Eight game. Patrick turned 1000 bucks into 6000 guaranteed. And the buyer got the best odds in the country. Go to ProSwap.com or download the free ProSwap app today. ProSwap has fantastic features like filtering listed tickets based on the best value, a free activity feed to stay in the know with all the big sales and red-hot tickets for sale, loyalty rewards program that turns your ticket sales into extra bonus cash and the first deposit cash match. Use promo code SGP on your first deposit, and ProSwap will match your deposit up to 500 bucks. Join the real sports bettors on ProSwap, where America buys and sells sports bets. All right, now we're going to jump over to Cage Warriors 136 the next night. Um, Milan versus Duncan. Once again, BC Arena in Manchester. This one is Saturday night slash Friday night at, at midnight um, Eastern time. Uh, this one, we do have a title fight. Cage Warriors middleweight championship will be going. Uh, will be up for grabs in the main event. Um, but first, Dan wants to break down the co-main event. Aaron Abbey versus... Gerardo Fanny. I think he just wanted me to say Fanny is the only reason you picked that fight, correct? I, I mean, I did want that, but also I really do like Gerardo Fanny. <laughs> I bet you like Gerardo's Fanny, don't you, Dan? Um, all right, let's break it down. Hey, maybe that could be the name for the episode, Gerardo's Fanny. <laughs> hey, you haven't said anything else worthy. It could be. All right, let's, let's break it down. Um, Abby, is it Abby or Abai? I think it's Abby, but Abby? I, I will admit I'm not positive about that. All right. Let's, let's find out uh, what I can tell. What I am positive about is that he's 12-4-1 with one knockout, four submissions as a pro. He's been knocked out once. It's the only time he's been stopped in a fight. Uh, he's 1-1 one one in Cage Warriors. He's gone 5-1-1 one one over his last seven fights, including a win in his last fight. Uh, don't have any info on his reach, so I can't get you that. It hasn't, it hasn't been released. He's very... Uh, um, shy about his reach, apparently. He's at plus 140. Fanny, 11-2, six knockouts, three submissions. He's been submitted twice, so both his losses have come via submission. And he's fighting a guy who has four submission wins. Uh, he's 2-1 in Cage Warriors. He's won two straight fights via knockout or slash TKO. He's won three of his last four. He is a regional champion. He used to fight at Phantomweight. This one is down at Flyweight. He's an inch taller, 5'11", 
five years younger than Abby, minus 170. Now, Dan's going to tell you why he likes Gerardo Osmani. I, I do really like Gerardo Fanny uh, for, for a whole number of reasons. But, you know, you mentioned he's going down in weight class, which uh, is, is a thing that people worry about sometimes. But I, I really enjoy his striking quite a bit. Um, you know, Abby's a kind of a, a guy who relies on um, grappling, but I wouldn't say wrestling. Like, he, he's very good at jujitsu, but he's not necessarily all that good at getting the fight to the ground. So if he gets it there, like, you might be in trouble. But ultimately, like, Fanny has only lost to, like, some really tippity-top guys. Like, he lost to Jack Cartwright, who I think is is a future UFC fighter, too. Um, and meanwhile, anybody else, he just toasts on the feet. He, like, beats the hell out of them. Um, you know, early in his career, he was getting a little bit more submissions. But now, you know, flying knees, you know, big punches. I think he's just going to absolutely batter Abby on the feet here. And when I was looking at the odds, too, I was surprised they were as close as they were. I, I don't know if the bookmakers think that Abby's got a chance of wrestling Fanny, but I really don't think he does. So negative 165 is a number. Uh, or did you say – is that the number you said, negative 165? 170, I – yeah, one, okay, so negative yeah. 170. That, that's a great number for Fanny if, if you're looking for uh, somewhere to burn a little cash. That's not burn, invest, Dan. It's that's investing. right, invest it. <laughs> I was going to ask you about the line, but now I don't have to because you already said it is the line. So Dan is all in on Gerardo's Fanny. Um, all right, main event. Uh, is it just Jati or do you say the D? I think Jati Milan. I think it's Jati. <laughs> Jati Milan. He is from... Where is he from? Ireland? He's from Ireland. He's fighting no, they, I mean, he's no, he's or from he the, I, out of Ireland. He's so that flag is deceiving. That's the Ivory Coast flag. Um, oh, really? Yeah, it's it the says, Ivory Coast. It looks, uh, but I believe, if I'm not mistaken, and I could be wrong, he now uh, lives in Ireland or lives in no, he lives in Paris. He lives in France, um, but okay. he's from the Ivory Coast originally. Okay, gotcha. All right, he's fighting Christian Leroy Duncan. Who is Irish, correct? No, uh, English. He's British, English. yeah. <laughs> All right. This is for the Cage Warriors Middleweight Championship. Five five-minute rounds. Um, do we have a champ? Yes. Um, Milan is the champ. Um, all right. So let's tell you about him first. He's 8-0 with three knockouts. 2-0 in Cage Warriors, uh, including being their champion. I don't have info. They don't have info on his age or his reach, so he's very much a mystery man. Plus 200 on the champion. You don't see that very often. Uh, Duncan, 5-0, and three knockouts, one submission. All of his fights have come in Cage Warriors, so it's very uh, very impressive to go 5-0 and in Cage Warriors, starting out your career. He won his last fight via submission, three inches taller than Milan, minus 260. So why is Duncan such a big favorite here going up against the champ? I mean, I think they, people like Christian Leroy Duncan. Um, also, I'm pretty sure he goes by Christian Leroy Duncan because there was a Chris Duncan in the, the in Bellator in Europe. Yep. And I, but so like this, this makes him a different Chris Duncan. Um, I think it's some of it is because he's fought exclusively in cage warriors and he's got some really big finishes, including like a spinning back kick and like a very quick rear naked choke. He fought for IMMAF um in their European tournaments, which I know bodes really well because like if, if you think about the people who have done that, like you know that, that that's why we love Manol Firo. So even though he's only five and zero, he does have like thirty fights in his career. Um, but with that being said, I, I just don't think the value is there on the Christian Duncan line. I think it's definitely there on the Jati Milan uh, line because 
he is such a physical specimen. He's so fucking strong. And his skills when it comes to holding somebody up against the cage are really sharp. Like his head placement, the where he holds his arms, how he finishes takedowns up against the cage, really smart. And in some of the highlights I've watched of Christian Duncan, that is probably one of his weakest areas. Sometimes people back him up against the cage just by like, you know, with, with feints and strikes like that. And then once they get him there, he doesn't work off the cage particularly well. And I ultimately think that that could probably be his undoing here against Milan. So um, especially like, like I already had, had kind of had this fight back and forth and I was leaning Milan because of um, the fact that he, he can control this fight. And then when I saw a plus 200 line, I was like, oh, it's got to be Jati then. So, uh, yeah, value all in on Jati's line here. All right, there you go. He's all in on Jati's line and all in on Gerardo's fanny. So that, that concludes Cage Wars 136. Any, anything else that we should keep our eye on on this card? Uh, maybe not in the gambling way, but just in the fan of the sport way. Yeah, I mean, like, if you're a fan of the sport, always uh, Cage Warriors have great uh, cards that they're putting together. I, I do like this, – this is going to be a weird one, but there's this guy from Belgium who I really enjoy watching, and I'm never going to say his last name correctly. They call him Q-Bomb, but his name is Jan Quay Haggins. Um, I'm sure I butchered that. It's such a hard name to say. But I've really enjoyed watching him fight. He's, like, had a ton Who's of – Who's going to know, really? Yeah, I, I don't think anybody's going to know that I said it wrong. Um, but he's had a ton of fun fights, and he's, like, slowly putting together a really nice run where he's been 5-1. and one. Uh, I don't think he's on any major promotions radar um, outside of, like, you know, Bellator is having an event in, in Brussels anytime soon. Um, but I'm excited to see him fight because I think he's he's kind of fun. Um, I know people are high on Jack Eglin, who's only 2-0, and and he's fighting another fun prospect. So, yeah, like always watch a Cage Warriors card if you've got the time and the means because uh, it always they always bring like both really exciting fights and like tons of these guys will be in the UFC one day. Yeah, there's um, especially if if they get a championship belt around their waist and it's pretty much guaranteed that they're going to end up in the UFC. Uh, a lot of times they end up with two championship belts around the waist and then they end up in the UFC. So. All right, um, that is Cage Wars 136. Like I said, that is Friday night slash Saturday morning, midnight Eastern time. And then later on that night, there is another MMA event. This is kind of like the MMA event for UFC, like the island of misfit UFC fighter. Because um, basically any, uh, any fighter who washed out of the UFC is, is fighting in XMMA nowadays. So maybe they pay really good. I, have, I don't think I've ever seen them pay uh, release pay for them, but um, they have a lot of big names on this here card that we're going to break down. So this is Saturday night, 7 p.m. Eastern time, uh, coming from New Orleans. Uh, you can go to their website. This one is not on Fight Pass, so go to xmma.com to figure out how to watch the event. Uh, they stream it there. I don't know the cost or anything like that because I haven't bothered looking into it. Haha. <laughs> uh, um, so this is from coming to us from the Fillmore, New Orleans, Louisiana. Main event is. Francisco Rivera versus John Dodson, a couple of names that you you know, um, surely, if you listen to this. But um, we're not going to start with them. We're going to start with some other washouts, UFC washouts, um, I lovingly will call them. Welterweight fight, Curtis Millinder versus Jared Gooden. Uh, um, I thought I was rid of the Gooden, Gordon, Jared thing, Dan, but I, I almost started doing the data for Jared Gordon. Uh, I swear to God when I was doing this. And then I'm like, wait a minute, it's Gooden, not Gordon. So I'm never going to be free of this, I don't think. 
No, I, I don't think so either. You're you're constantly <laughs> going to get Jared Gooden, Gordon stuff. And if Gooden wins on this card, who knows how close he'll be to being back in the UFC. Exactly. All right, let's, let's tell you about this fight. He's fighting another former UFC fighter, like I said. Curtis Millinder, um, who has one of the worst nicknames ever. Curtis. Curtis Millinder. It's, yeah. you, you it ain't good. If you're a fighter, right? It ain't good. Nope. Nope, it's not. I, I get it. It's a play on your, on your first name. I get it, but it's still not a good nickname. So, anyhow, he is 18 and 8 with six knockouts. He's been submitted five times. This will be his debut for XMMA. Uh, he's lost three straight fights, and he's only won one of his last six. So, that's how he ended up in XMMA. He was 0 and 2 in PFL, 3 and 3 in Bellator, 3 and 2 in the UFC. He's won a couple of regional championships. Uh, since both these guys were in the UFC, I compared their stats while they were in the UFC. Um, and his grappling stats are better than Gooden's. Um, he's two inches taller as well, plus 165. Uh, Jared Gooden, not Jared Gordon, is nicknamed Night Train, but it's spelled incorrectly. You know my thoughts on that, Dan. I don't like when people misspell <laughs> things. I, I'm an editor, and I'm constantly having to change. I Except do know Dan's writing. Dan, Dan's <laughs> writing is always, always um, perfect. I don't have to change much in his. But um, Anyhow. He's the night train, N-I-T-E train. 19-7, eight knockouts, six submissions. He's been knocked out once. Uh, the only time he's been stopping is in his pro career. This is also his ex-MMA debut. He's got a win-loss win over his last three fights. Used to fight at middleweight. This one's down at welterweight. He went 1-3 in the UFC. He has missed weight at welterweight before, so something to keep in mind. He was the NFC champion. He's the more active striker of the two when, uh, during their UFC career. He's six years younger than Millinder, got an inch of reach on a minus 205. And now Dan's going to tell you who's going to win this fight. So before I tell you who's going to win this fight, uh, I, too, wanted to see if XMMA uh, dishes out the big bucks for their fighters. And so I did a little Googling, and the very first uh, option that comes out is a nice article written by a fine man named Jeff Fox. Uh, oh, so who, I do know this? Who, who, <laughs> who told me how much fighters uh, made at XMMA won. Uh, where the two or the headliner made six grand. Um, oh, there you go. So not people good. complain about UFC, uh, and payments, the, but it's still a double. And the co-headliner who lost made two grand, uh, or no, one. I think he won that fight. Made two grand. Uh, Chris Curtis, uh, notable UFC middleweight, was on that card. He yep. made twenty five hundred bucks. So, so that's why people aren't complaining when they get. 10 grand to show. So. <laughs> yeah, right. It, and this is probably one of the better paying promotions. All right, uh, back yep. to the fight breakdowns. I'm going to take the underdog in this one. I know I'm going a little underdog heavy here, but that's sort of why I cherry pick some of these fights. I like Curtis Millinder in this fight. He's He fights really long, which is something that Gooden, despite being like kind of a longer guy in his own right, doesn't do particularly well. And if you look at, at Gooden's record, like, Unless he knocks you out, he's probably going to lose to you. Uh, that's just kind of how his fights have gone as of late. And I think Millinder does a good enough job of staying away from, like, big blows here that he could probably pick him apart and win. Like, I think people sleep on how good Curtis Millinder was before he was even in the UFC. Like, he, he was beating guys who were, you know, quite good in LFA. He had a decent Bellator run. Uh, he got to the he. I mean, he beat Kevin Holland uh, back in the day, and the, the Max Griffin and Tiago Alves. So like, yeah, he's on a little bit of a rough streak now because he lost to Rory McDonald and the guy who won the PFL tournament in 2021. But like, 
I still trust him over somebody like Jared Gooden, who, like, I can't go back and point to a really good win, and I just instead point to him being badly outpointed by an aging Alan Joban or Randy Brown or getting one lucky punch against Nicholas Stolza. Um, so, yeah, I, I I like Curtis Miller quite a bit in this fight. And there's a reason most of these guys are in XMMA is because they are on a, a losing skit, so you really can't can't uh take that um as a knock against against the guy what if he fights courteously though dan are you worried about that i actually think that would bode well right like it's long oh, okay. I, th- I think as long as he did you know i know that was a joke but like in all seriousness <laughs> thank you he, for acknowledging it yeah like I, I acknowledge that that's true but he in all seriousness like he could just stay away and i think he's gonna win this fight like he just doesn't as long as he doesn't get into a brawl or take a big punch on a counter, I think he probably outpoints uh, Jared Gooden here. All right. There you go. Um, let's see if he likes a underdog again. Uh, my namesake, Doomsday uh, Howard, is fighting on this card. John Doomsday Howard versus – he's fighting the last ninja, Anj – is it Anj or Angie? I think it's Anj Lusa. Anj Lusa. Very good name. So they are fighting in a welterweight – fight three rounds five minutes let's tell you about doomsday howard first 29 18 and one 10 knockouts seven submissions he's been knocked out four times submitted twice he's all one in xmma used to fight at middleweight he's lost two straight and he's only won one of his last four in he fought in pfl slash world series of fighting where he went four four and one uh he also fought in ufc where he went seven and seven uh he's got a couple regional championships on his on his mantle there you go. Um, made his pro debut in 2004, plus 240. Um, Lusa, the last ninja, 7-2, five knockouts, one submission. Never been finished in a fight. This will be his ex-MMA debut. He went 0-1 in the contender series. He's got lost win, loss over his last three. Used to fight at lightweight, so we got a former middleweight versus a former lightweight here. He's 11 years younger than Howard, three inches of height, three inches of reach on him, despite um, them fighting at 30-pound weight differential before. Uh, minus 300 on him. So uh, what you got? I, I don't like John Doomsday Howard in this fight. I think it's a nightmare fight, fight for him. I, and I'm actually, I'm actually a pretty big Angelusa fan. If, uh, you know, you mentioned his contender series fight. I was really high on him going into contender series. Um, I, I had seen some really nice fights with him where he picked up big, fast knockouts and he looked decent at cage or, uh, Titan FC, but not great. Um, his only loss was a split decision. And then I went to go research who he was fighting and he fought Jack Della Maddalena. Um, so oh, like, we know I, him. Yeah. Enough said. Now he did go the distance with Jack Della Maddalena, which is, you know, it's something right. And it is. Um, you know, this is a great fight for him, maybe a setup fight for him to get back to the contender series. He's a, a competent striker who was just badly outstruck by Jack Della Maddalena. So I, I think for those reasons, like you can expect him to just absolutely put it on Doomsday. Um, Doomsday's always got that wrestling that sometimes sneaks up on you, but I, I don't think this is going to be the case. Now is um is this the best case scenario for most most people fighting in like an XMMA CS is to get to the contender series? You think? I don't think so. So I, I will say this: I, I tend to believe that the UFC has been cherry picking people for contender series off of Fight Pass promotions. So CES, oh, okay, yeah. so so CES, yes, LFA, yes, Cage Warriors, yes, 
XMMA has got a there are for for those who haven't looked at this card, there are twelve former UFC fighters fighting on this card this weekend, and so like for that reason, you would imagine there are more eyeballs on it, but it, it seems more like uh, I think the fighters think it's more important that it is, or they're paying them enough that they can can do that fight. But like if I'm Dana White, I am far less impressed you know, by somebody, you know, like we're, we're about to talk about Kyle Stewart and Zach Otto. It's nice that they're fighting high level of competition, but I think he would rather see like Zach Otto fight an up and comer in LFA than Kyle Stewart, who he just fired. Yeah. Good point. There you go. Dan's got an answer for whatever I threw at him. All right. Let's talk about that Kyle Stewart. Isn't he a race car driver or something? That I think that's a different Kyle Stewart. Is it? You Americans <laughs> like that stuff, that race car stuff. Uh, um, this is the co-main event, middleweights, Kyle Stewart versus Zach Otto. A couple of names you may know. Um, Zach Otto's name you, you may know more. Uh, do, do you know Stewart's nickname is Guns Up? And once again, spelled incorrectly, Dan. G-U-N-Z <laughs> Up. I, I did not, not know that. <laughs> well, not, now you do. You know uh, Otto's nickname, I'm sure, right? The Barbarian? Is he the Barbarian? Yes. Yeah. It is the Barbarian. There you go. All right. Um, this is a pick'em fight. Let's start with the, the Barbarian. 20 and 7, three knockouts, 12 submissions. So knocked out four times, submitted once in his career. This is his ex-MMA debut. He's won three straight fights. He went 4-4 four and four in the UFC. Used to fight down at welterweight. Made his pro debut in 2012. Uh, based on the UFC stats, uh, his striking, and he was a better had better striking stats, and he was more active striker than Stewart was. Minus 115. Guns up, Stewart, 14-5, seven knockouts, three submissions. He's been knocked out once, submitted once. 0-1 in XMMA. He's gone loss-win-loss over his last three fights. He was 0-2 in the UFC. 1-0 in the Contender Series. He also used to fight at welterweight. He was the regional champ. Three years younger, one inch taller, four inches of reach on Otto, minus 115. Yeah, I like Otto in this fight quite a bit. I, I think people forget how damn good Zach Otto was when he was in the UFC. Like, he, he got fired, but he got fired going 4-4 four and four and beating, like, Mike Pyle and Josh Berkman uh, and losing to, like, Lee Jing Leong and Alex Murano. Like, he, he lost to legit dudes. Uh, and it, it's kind of upsetting that they fired him after going 4-4 four and four or didn't come to an agreement on a new contract or whatever. But he's 3-0 and oh since then, and he's really gotten back to his... I think he's gotten back to his, like, submission grappling roots, which I'm really into. Like, it's nice when a fighter realizes or re-remembers that they're, like, really good at certain things. And, look, Kyle Stewart, I I didn't love his run in the UFC quite as much. He got rear-naked choked by Chase Rancounter, who I I wasn't really into. Um, And now he's, like, you know, fighting at a bigger weight class, and that's not a good idea. Um, And... You know, he, he was bodied up by Eric Coach down at, uh, when Coach came up. Is it Coach or Koch? I can't ever remember. Koch. Koch. Yeah. Is yeah. it Koch? I'm going to go with Koch. Um, when, <laughs> when Koch came up to 170, he, like, manhandled Kyle Stewart. So, like, I don't know what hope I give Kyle Stewart going up another weight class and facing a guy like Zach Otto is going to do for him. So, this is another one I'm really into the line. I, I think a pick of odds here on Zach Otto to just absolutely outgrapple Kyle Stewart is kind of silly. Are we going to influence these lines, you think, Dan? There can't be a ton of money coming in on these fights. Are, are all our degens going to flood these lines and they're going to get well, – we'll have to see if they get out of whack by the time fight, fight night rolls around. 
if they do at least have. if they do at least our people will be the ones benefiting exactly so hopefully you're listening to us on our feed if you're listening to us on this mma gambling podcast feed then you got this info in in time if you're listening to us in the sgpn feed you had to wait an extra day or a day and a half to hear hear this so make sure you subscribe to our feed and give us a review while you're at it just be a buddy i don't care what you say you can just don't call us racist like like they call the uh, soccer gambling podcast. <laughs> All right, main event time is. Do they have belts in the next MMA? I don't think this is for a belt, but I no. do think they have no, them. Or not for belts. Plan on giving them out. Okay, uh, no, this one isn't for a belt. I just wondered if if they had made any champions yet. So this is the bantamweight fight: John Dobson versus Francisco Rivera Jr. I don't remember the junior being there before was the junior there before dan i don't just get a dad i don't did he just get a dad (laughs) i don't remember it being there before i think he probably just didn't use it before what do you think about nba players who put senior on their on the back oh god i hate it i hate it it annoys me too i hate it almost as much as i love or i i hate the guys who uh are the seconds Yes. Like like Kellen Winslow, well, I, there's other reasons to hate Kellen Winslow, but like, <laughs> yeah, there's a couple. Um, but like he was Kellen Winslow the second, and I remember him being the first one that I remember seeing that and being like, what the what the fuck is that? Like, like yeah, what happened to Junior? When did we stop using Junior? <laughs> now that you got money, you're the second. His is how it works. Um, and it doesn't help. One of the Morris twins or one of the guys who has Senior on his jersey, and they're about as unlikable as, as you can get. Is so. it Marcus or Marquis? I, I think it's Marcus. Okay. I think Marcus is the senior. I'm not sure. Um, who is, like, to, to prove, uh, this is another sidebar, to prove how uh, unlike they are, whichever one got knocked out by um, Nikolai <laughs> Jokic, uh, he missed, like, four months or something. No one cares. <laughs> one, <laughs> a one-game suspension for putting the guy out for basically for the season with a cheap shot. So that just but you, you, but you, you can't say that that means they don't like him though, because it didn't Alex Caruso get a cheap shot from a dipshit from Duke in, uh, yeah. Grayson he, Allen. Yeah. And he barely got suspended too. So we, we can't, we can't use the length of the suspension to talk about how much we like him. Cause nobody likes Grayson Allen's dumbass. Oh, uh, that's true. <laughs> Ted Cruz jr. Speaking of juniors. <laughs> All right. Like who's the second? True. All right, we got the magician Dodson versus Cisco Rivera. Um, Cisco Rivera, twelve and eight, one no contest. He's been not, uh, sorry. He's knocked out eight people. He himself has been knocked out twice and submitted three times. He's one no in MMA. He's won two of his last three. Uh, however, that's his only two wins in his last six fights. Uh, he lost via no. Yes, he lost via knockout his last fight. In the UFC, he went four and six of one no contest. In WEC, WEC never die. He went 0 and 1. Used to fight at uh, up at featherweight. He made his debut in 2008. He's got six inches of height on Dodson, four inches of reach. Not surprising since Dodson was a flyweight mostly in his career. Uh, based on the UFC stats, his grappling stats are better than Dodson's. He's at plus 220. All right, John Dodson, 21 and 13, 10 knockouts, two submissions. He's never been finishing a fight. How impressive is that for that many fights? Um, I. Mind you, it was at flyweight, but still, uh, mostly flyweight. Well, um, no, he's got bantamweight fights against Piotr Jan and Marab Devalishvili well, and yes, Jimmy Rivera true. and Marlon Marais. <laughs> so, no, no one of note, no one with, with knockout power whatsoever. Um, 
So 0-1 XMMA, he's lost two straight. He's won one of his last five. He went 10-7 and seven in the UFC. Like I said, mostly at flyweight, but the end of his career was uh, in the UFC was a bantamweight. He went 3-0 on Ultimate Fighter and was the champion because everything, even these cards, everything comes back to the Ultimate Fighter. Made his pro debut in 2004, three years younger than Rivera, more active striker based on the UFC stats, minus 280. Dan's going to break it down while I plug my laptop in so it doesn't die. Go ahead. So first of all, I'm going to say uh, John Dodson's win in the Ultimate Fighter finale is my second favorite Ultimate Fighter finale ever uh, because he knocks TJ Dillashaw into next week, and it's just like, yeah. mm, just perfect. The only one that exists that is better than that is Roy Nelson's knockout of Brendan Schaub. Because uh, getting to yeah. see both Brendan Schaub knocked out cold in the way that his body, like, slinks to the ground after Roy Nelson clubs him. And that's really the only way you can describe that knockout. He clubs him. Uh, but anyway, yeah, that was my cheap way of talking about Roy Nelson for a second. Um, you got to pick Dodson in this fight. Um, I love the resurgent story of Francisco Rivera, a guy who was basically retired for four and a half years. He comes back. He looks good doing it. John Dodson is still the guy who beat Nathaniel Wood two years ago, right? Like, he knocked out Nathaniel Wood just two years ago. It's not like it was a long time ago. And, and like, Nathaniel Wood is still a really great prospect, pun intended. The prospect. Yeah. He also beat Pedro Munoz. He beat Eddie Wineland. This guy is a beast. And, and like, yes, is he – is he clearly declining? He sure is, but I'll still take him over a guy who has retired for five years and is coming off a loss. Uh, yeah, Dodson all the way here. Uh, I don't think they'll have props, but if they do, I definitely like a Dodson decision prop. So the guy takes time off to find a father and you're going <laughs> to take a guess because of it. Yeah, sure. Not yeah, sure. that can that can be the reason. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Any um, so that's four four of the fights on what ten fight card I think this is uh, ten, the eleven fight lineup. Anything else of note on this card? Jump out yeah. at you. Yeah, there's a prospect I really like that I'm going to shout out because uh, I talked to him on the Top Turtle MMA podcast. Almost went a whole episode without talking about that. Yeah, um, that's a long time. I, I really, I really like Adley Edwards. Uh, he's a guy out of North Carolina, but he also trains with Marcus the Irish Hand Grenade Davis, uh, and he's getting ready for uh, his fight. He's eight and one, so he's like a highly touted prospect. I also, uh, of all of the guys who are former UFC guys who kind of got the shaft in the UFC and I would have liked to see get another try. Cole Smith really should have gotten another try. He went one and two. He beat the hell out of Mitch Gagnon and then lost a split decision to Miles Johns that I thought he could have possibly won and then lost a decision to Hunter Asia, which I don't think those are awful losses and he should have been cut for it. So it's like good to see him getting like kind of a higher profile fight. So I'm excited to watch him. I like He's watching Canadian. And, and he's Canadian. I like watching Kyle Bochniak, a guy who went toe-to-toe with Zabit and lived to tell the tale. Um, so, yeah, d- dude, there's tons of people on this card that are really fun to watch. But, uh, yeah, Adley Edwards, Cole Smith, uh, Kyle Bochniak. Tateki Matsuda is kind of fun. He's a flyweight who spent a little time in the UFC. So, um, yeah, if you are on – I don't even know if it costs money, but if you're on XMMA.TV, you know, check it out. <laughs> I, I- – Adley, like he has time to fight and be a catcher. That's crazy, Dan. Is is there a there a catcher named Adley? Oh, you're thinking of Adley Rauschman. Uh, oh, it's a different guy. Yeah, it's a different, different guy. guy. 
Yeah, I, right. I I thought there was maybe an Adley Edwards, but yeah, no, <laughs> no, Adley is Adley's not your most common name, so no, no that, that would be surprising. You you just got the first name Rauschman yeah, well, is, a, is not a really common last name either. <laughs> no, I wonder if if he's the second or a third though. <laughs> Adley That's... Adley Rauschman the third. <laughs> there you go. Hey, that could be a good name for the episode too, Dan. <laughs> I think it has to be Ted Cruz the second because we talked uh, about Grayson Allen for five minutes. That's true. <laughs> I, I will take that into into um, consideration when I make this podcast. Um, that's it. We gave you it was going to be it was going to be ten, but we gave you nine fights. Come on, it's an off week. That's that's pretty damn good. What are you complaining about? The podcast is free too. Um, anything else you need to tell the people, Dan, before I do our plugs and all that jazz that I like to do? No, I think you nailed it all. Wow, great for me. Good job as a host. All right, follow us on Twitter. Jeff Fox Writer would be me. He would be Gumby Vreeland. Um, if you have anything you'd like us to cover on Sunday's episode, whether it be fights or just general questions or anything like that uh, or topics, hit us. you can hit us up on Twitter, Jeff Fox Writer, Gumby Vreeland, or in the SGPN Slack channel where all the degens hang out. Um, basically go to Slack. Find SGPN, sign up, get in the SGPN Slack. We got every sport. We got a music ch- a music channel in there now where we talk about music. We got a food channel, which is popular. We got a channel for everything. So get in there um, and read all our, all our stuff, obviously, sportsgamblingpodcast.com. We got our baseball previews are in full swing. Um, obviously, we have USFL. We are the USFL uh, site. I think that's a, some football thing you guys play, right, in the spring or summer. I I don't believe it's ever happened. Well, I mean, I guess it was an old league, but it got yeah, it got revitalized. I don't even think it's owned by the same people. But yes, it is a spring football league. Yes, football. You Americans and your football. So anyhow, we're we're the the I would say the world leader in coverage of uh, USFL stuff. So anything, everything you need is over on on uh, sportsgamblingpodcast.com, and obviously listen to all our amazing podcasts, which we have new ones, new series of podcasts rolling out seemingly by the day. So. Um, make sure you check that out. I think, I think I hyped everything up in need type. Oh, my MMA uh, site slash newsletter, moneymma.substack.com. Free subscription, or if you want to support the site, support me and get extra coverage, you can subscribe for as little as 40 a year or, or five a month. So your call, but check out the stuff I have over there. So I think that's it. Unless, oh, Dan's podcast, Top Turtle MMA, who this week you have on, who, Dan? Well, Adley, Adley, Ed- Ed- Adley, Adley Edwards, Edwards right. Catcher, right. <laughs> which, we, which we just talked about. I'm also talking to Aaron McKenzie, who headlines uh, LFA 128. That's next week, right before the pay-per-view. All right. There you go. And no prelim primer this week because there's no prelims for you to be primed on. But Dan will be back priming you next week, correct? That's correct. All right. Good. Take us home, Mr. Vreeland. All right. I'm Danny Gooby Vreeland. He is uh, Sunshine Jeff Fox. We will catch you next Sunday. (laughs) Sunday, how about?